story. I have a complete copy of the Pirates financial books from 16 years ago. They're sitting in the bottom of my office desk at home and they've got every penny of everything in them. And it still doesn't do me much good. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. The complete set of finances that I've got isn't something that I've ever published or whatever. I I ran some of the numbers through a a couple of articles that I've written over the years, not because I I don't have any reason to hide anything. I'm not them. I couldn't care less. It's just that they weren't very interesting. And the stuff that I actually found to be the most intriguing was the incredible sum of money that it costs just to run a big league franchise in any sport that's completely independent of player payroll. In this book, and this was, again, 16 years ago, the Pirates spent $115 million just to run the operation, not counting a single penny that was applied to the 40-man roster. And as time would go by and more of these things came out, you might remember, oh, about a decade or so ago, there was a handful of teams that had their finances exposed. There was a case in Wisconsin where the brewers were forced to open their books in order to justify some government spending. And all of these figures, for all of these teams across Major League Baseball were all right around that same thing, around the 110, 115, maybe a little bit more million dollars just to run the operation. Now, what is that? You say, okay, well, they got to pay their scouts. They got to pay all kinds of costs for uh, travel, equipment, blah, 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 blah. And it all adds up. And there isn't one team, you know, there's not a, a, a Dodgers threshold or a Mets threshold for this sort of thing. They all travel about the same. They all stay in literally the same hotels as they go from city to city. In downtown Pittsburgh, there's one hotel with very, very few exceptions that houses all the teams as they come in to play at PNC Park. So all of those expenses are about even. It's all still around $115 million. So what you see a lot of times is people will look at the Pirates payroll and say, Oh my God, they, they cover this with just, you know, just with TV money alone. And that means that everything else they're getting is a profit. And it isn't. It isn't. Now, that said, I have that out of the way. The truth is, and I've been telling you guys this for years, and I honestly, I've reached the point where I don't care who believes me because I have access to a lot of information on this front. My belief is that for the most part, the Pirates should long since have been right around the $100-110 million mark for the 40-man roster. And that was a figure that I arrived at 
through some of the stuff that I just mentioned, but also through some common sense because they broached a hundred million twice in their history, came really, really close a third time, and I'm sure they'd like to count that as a third time. But they were right there three times. And in all three of those seasons, they were known to have still been profitable. So there's no reason to be under that with the obvious and glaring exceptions of anything pandemic-related. And now, something else. Because yesterday... It was revealed in the Minneapolis Tribune by the Twins themselves that the Twins are about to cut payroll. This wasn't some deep dive investigative report. The Twins just said this. They're going to cut payroll. And in doing so, they're going to go from just having spent a franchise record $156 million this past season, 156, which was right around league average, by the way, meaning American league average. And they're going to cut it. Now, they didn't say by how much because no team really does that. They don't announce some sort of cap or whatever on their spending. But they did acknowledge that the real problem in the mix is that they no longer have a regional TV contract. They had been paired up with something called Diamond Sports Group, which was the parent outfit of Bally Sports North. And Bally Sports owned a bunch of these regional sports networks, almost all of which are going down or out. I don't know how the Minneapolis newspaper knows this figure, but the Twins made and were paid $54.8 million by Bally Sports North this past season. Very few teams give out how much money they get from their broadcast deals. The Pirates have never done that. My understanding from the inside, and I have never gotten this cemented either, is that the Pirates figure with AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, which now really no longer exists officially, was somewhere in the $40 range. So the Pirates were getting $15 million less or something like that than the Twins were. And the Twins were up at 156 So if you take the 156 you assume that it's a franchise record, so it was a bit of an outlier because they had a really good team. Put the Twins at around 150 Take that $15 million off of there, meaning the difference between the Twins TV contract and the Pirates TV contract. You could argue that the Pirates could be around 140 except that the Twins have additional revenues. They have parking around Target Field. The Pirates get $0 in parking of any kind. There's not one penny of the parking on the North Shore or anywhere that goes to the Pirates. In addition, the Twins, contrary to a long-standing public misperception, especially when it comes to baseball, do not play in a quote-unquote small market. The Twin Cities are not a small market. They're 15th. They're pretty much in the middle of the pack for Major League Baseball. So it's fitting that the Twins, who are middle of the pack there, are at around the middle of the pack in the payroll. And it's also fitting, I think, that the Twins would have a cut in their payroll if everyone everywhere knows that they just lost a pretty big chunk of change. The Pirates, of course, have also lost a pretty big chunk of change. 
Now, what does that mean? What should the expectation be? Let's first see how the Pirates emerge from this broadcasting situation. If they go with Major League Baseball, they're guaranteed to get 80% of the money they'd been getting. And that's not the full amount, but that's also not nothing. Now, if they end up trying their own thing like the Penguins did in uh, assuming the remainder of the Sportsnet operation here, including a good many of their employees, then it might be a different parameter, and then we might not even know what the number would be. You would have to presume that it's more than 80% of the last TV contract they had, but you wouldn't know that. So it's an inexact science for right now, while keeping my mind open, my belief is still that this team should be at the $100 million threshold. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit projectchildsafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Mark, who says, following up on the Tuesday episode, wouldn't it make more sense for the Pirates to invest more heavily in player development and coaching, such as hiring the best coaches, hitting and pitching? It would seem that it's way less expensive than trying to sign the best players. Your own players would potentially be better, and you cut down on those scenarios where they go elsewhere and turn their career around. Currently, The Pirates are coming up short on both the hitting and the pitching fronts. Seems to me that the best use of funds with a much better return on investment would be this as opposed to signing mid-grade free agents. Mark, I would agree with you. In fact, no, I'll take that further. I do agree with you in the most theoretical possible way. And consider that you're hearing this from somebody who has no use for the work to date of either Andy Haynes or Oscar Marine. My belief for a while now is that the Pirates can do considerably better than either. However, this is where it gets a little bit murky. And I'm going to offer an explanation here, but I'm going to preface it by saying you're not going to like it. Chances are that you're not going to find it acceptable, but it doesn't mean that it isn't real. There is an unwritten rule across not just Major League Baseball, but all of the four major professional sports that thou shall not overpay thy coach 
whether that is thy manager or thy head coach or thy assistant coaches or thy coordinators or thy hitting and pitching coaches. It's the most obvious and arguably, by the way, unfair, unwritten rule that exists in North American organized sport. Ever wonder why it's seen as such a massive deal whenever someone like Craig Council is pilfered away out of Milwaukee by the Cubs? Well, it's because nobody does that. Nobody pays seven or eight million dollars a year for a coach or a manager. It's really uncommon. Even more oddly, the only coaches who do get paid at a certain level like that are college football coaches and sometimes college basketball coaches. Why? Because their salaries are a matter of public record in a lot of cases because they're being paid by state-funded universities. Think about it. If you're working for the University of Pittsburgh, everybody knows what your salary is because the University of Pittsburgh accepts funding from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and everybody's got a right to know what everybody makes in that scenario. Otherwise, the government's not going to fund you, and then there goes a whole big chunk of your funding. So if everybody knows what the other guy is making, and then it's your turn for the contract, and you raise your hand and say, well, what about this dude in Alabama or this dude in Oklahoma? I should be getting paid that much. And all the bars raise. So it works in colleges. Only in the past dozen years or so have you seen a concerted movement in the four major professional sports to at least share word with the agents of these coaches and managers so they know what somebody's making and they can take it in turn to a team. But as I'm talking to you right now, somebody who's been covering every day of the Pirates' current front office and current coaching staff, I had no idea what they're making, and I'm not going to find out because Bob Nutting told them not to say anything, and that's the end of that. And you don't have alternate sources for this sort of thing. You know, you're not going to go get that leaked to you by somebody else. Now, ultimately, who does that hurt the most? Well, of course, Shelton and other managers, but there's nothing they can do because the boss, or in this case, including Travis Williams and that, the boss says, know exactly how many people they've told what they're getting paid. And if it gets out, it's on you. So what's all this you're wondering have to do with the actual question that you asked? It's this. Nobody overpays. Okay? There are very, very, very few instances in the world of Major League Baseball where you will see a team just say, wow, there's a scout that we absolutely have to have, but they also know what the unwritten rules are. Because if they become the team, and that goes double if you're a have-not like the Pirates, that breaks out of that mythical boundary, that mythical salary cap on managers and coaches and so forth, well, then what's to stop the the Mets and the Dodgers and everybody else from just saying, hey, listen, you know, we like your GM or we like your manager or whatever, and we're just going to pay them whatever it is that they want. And then you turn that whole thing 
into a fiasco that's at the same level of player pay in baseball? I appreciate the question. Obviously, a very, very good one. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 